Hey, everybody. Before we get this whole thing started, I just wanted to thank everyone for their patience this time of year. As you know, I work for Amazon. You can only imagine how busy we are. And as we are winding down the holidays, I just wanted to thank my partners in crime, Maddie, Tom, Steve, Chris, and Bill, for their support all year. Thank you to my team, Ryan, Russell, and Sarah, who I had to list alphabetically because I don't want them to think I'm playing favorites. To the entire Connecticut safety team, Akita, Anise, Ed, Ernst, Jenna, John, Christian, Patrick, and Sonia. We are all so good because we're family. And thank you to my ops partner, Norm, and his team, Eric, Peter, and Paul, and their teams as well. Our success this year was all a team effort. So thank you so much, and on with the show. Coming to you recorded but live from the Monarch Theater Studios in beautiful western Massachusetts, this is the Radio Eclectic, the show that gives you music and conversation like radio back in the 1970s and 80s when music was king. For the next hour, brand new music and banter that will just fill the space between great songs. So sit back, relax, put on your headphones, and tune out the rest of the world. You're in my house now. I'm the Matt Man. This is the Radio Eclectic, a presentation of Monarch Media, a division of Monarch Comics. never happened to the other fellow. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're getting a chance to listen. Thank you for joining me and welcome to the end of 2023 and my year-end musical countdown extravaganza. In this episode, I'm going to be counting down my six favorite songs of 2023, and you're probably asking yourself, why six? That seems a little odd. Real simple, I couldn't decide on a few, so I just said, you know what? My show, my rules, we're making it six. 2023 was yet another incredible year for music with some killer songs being released this year. So please, please, please do not tell me anymore that there's no good music being made today. I'm playing it all for you all year on this show, but it's up to you to take that lead. Take some chances, get out there, and not only support live music, but physical releases as well. This is how our bands are going to survive. This is how our genre is going to live. Since this show is called The Radio Eclectic, this countdown, I promise you, is as eclectic as it's going to be. Hard rock, 80s-influenced AOR, hair metal, 80s pop, even some progressive rock. This show will have something for everyone, and all I ask is that if you hear something you like, dive in. Go to the band's website, check them out, buy some music, and go see them if they come to your town. Like I said, this is how we're going to keep our music alive. In this episode, we're going to feature part one of my two-part interview with rock legend Leafs fan, inductee into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame, the one and only Rick Emmett. And I forgot to mention a founding member of Triumph, Rick Emmett. This was an amazing thrill for me to chat with Rick because I'm such a fan and because a song of his had such a massive impact on my life. And you're going to hear more about that a little bit later. But let me tell you right now, go out and get his autobiography, lay it on the line. Rick gave me some pointers to help me with my official biography with Chris Poland, stuff that I really took to heart and that Chris and I are really working on to make sure his book is going to be as good as Rick's. All right, let's start the countdown with my sixth favorite song of the year, A Friend Like You from Hugo's Voyage. Released in November on Frontiers Music, their debut album Inception is chock full of brilliant music that has captured the sound, the style, and feel of classic Journey. 
This is because Voyage performed the music of Journey flawlessly, and they've taken that sound and created all new original music. The album is so friggin' good that I haven't stopped listening to it since its release. And Voyage is going to be on the road next year with an early stop in Springfield, Massachusetts, so I cannot wait. So right now, Hugo Valenti on vocals, Robbie Hoffman guitars, Lance Millard keyboards, Greg Smith on bass, and Dana Spellman on drums. This is Hugo's Voyage and the number six song, A Friend Like You.
On Facebook, Voyage Hugo, Twitter, Voyage the Band, and online, voyageband.com. On YouTube, Voyage do an amazing version of my second favorite Journey song of all time, Send Her My Love. Now, you're probably asking yourself, what's my favorite? Easy. I'll be all right without you. That's in case you needed to know. If you have never heard of Broadbrook, Connecticut, don't worry about it too much. Not only is it my hometown, but it's the home of the Broadbrook Opera House. Founded in 1892 and reestablished again in 2018, it's a home for all of your event needs, like weddings and parties and private events. It's a beautiful old building that has a lot of special memories for me, and now is the home for some great live music. The venue has an amazing sound system, perfect performance stage, and great viewing no matter where you are seated. There is plenty of parking, and I will guarantee you this, no matter who you go see there, you will enjoy the experience so much, you'll be looking for every and any opportunity to go back. On the web, it's broadbrookoperahouse.com. You can like them on Facebook and check out their ever-growing list of concerts. Too. Rock, pop, soul, classic rock, alternative, national acts, and homegrown talent. The Broadbrook Opera House is where you will now call home. For an up-to-date list of all concerts, go to broadbrookoperahouse.com and click Live Shows. And welcome back to The Countdown. I'm Casey Kasem, and now our number five song comes to us from a band from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Okay, I'm going to stop doing that because I'm not sure how that sounds to your ears. And mine, I sound freaking brilliant. Anyway, the number five song comes from a band called Eddie Japan. Eddie Japan's been making seriously infectious pop music for over a decade. And a few years back, the band began to work with Greg Hawks, the keyboard player and founding member of The Cars, one of the best bands ever. A few months back, I got to interview Greg and see Eddie Japan live at the Broadbrook Opera House. And I'm going to say this right now. One of the best concerts I went to last year, if not the best. And you know, I go to a lot of concerts. At this show, the band focused on the cars performing their greatest hits flawlessly. But Eddie Japan is its own band. And this year they released their latest album called Pop Fiction, which is out on Rumbar Records. The album is awesome and so, so much fun. Like great 70s and 80s pop music, it's there. Nothing to dissect, just listen to, enjoy and repeat as often as necessary. Hi, this is David Santos of Eddie Japan, and get ready for Matt Mann's fifth favorite song of 2023 from our album Pop Fiction, released last April. It's Time Machine, featuring Greg Hawks of the Cars. Here it is. Let's go.
www.edgejapan.com for information, including CDs and tour dates. And I cannot recommend this album and this band live enough. Eric Roche is on guitar, Emily Druin on vocals, Truck Ferreira on drums and percussion, Bart LaPiccolo on guitars, Charles Membrino bass, Aaron Rosenthal keyboards, David Santos vocals, with Greg Hawk synthesizer on I Can't Wait and Time Machine. And there's no one in this band named Eddie, by the way. On the socials, Eddie Japan. Over the past few months, I have seen The Unforgettable Fire performing the music of U2, Bad Animals, The Heart Tribute, and Double Vision, The Foreigner Experience. On stage, these bands were amazing, performing some of the greatest songs of all time. Off stage, the members were fantastic. They were friendly, cordial, and really appreciative of everybody's time. Behind the scenes, at least I'm told, that booking these bands and dealing with their agency is not like doing business at all. Diving a bit deeper, I discovered that the entertainment group for these bands and many more is Panzeiler Entertainment. If you are getting out there to experience some live music or looking to book some great artists and deal with a top-notch agency, go to panzeiler.com. There you're going to get information on the artists, also including Beginnings, a celebration of the music of Chicago, 33 and a Third Lives Killer Queen Experience, and so many more. Also for original artists like Rick Emmett, Joel Holkstra, Brandon Gibbs, and Chasm Sultan. Over the next bunch of months, you're going to hear some interviews that I have done with Panzeiler clients, thanks to my great friends at the Robert Opera House. And know that if you're booking a Panzeiler artist, you're going to have first-rate service and support from Kathy and the gang. If you're going to go see one of these artists, you are in for an incredible time of music, memories, and fun. That website, www.panzeiler.com, and that is P-A-N-Z-Y-L-E-R. Friends, we are just one more song away from my exclusive interview with the legendary Rick Emmett. At number four is a very special song for me for obvious reasons. When I was reworking my kid's book, Monkey CC Monkey, for my publisher, Monarch Books, I thought, how awesome and cool would it be to include a soundtrack with the book? I reached out to my friend, Brenda Clark, from Alice Loves Alien, and said, Hey, B, can you write me a science fiction song that sounds like it was written and recorded in the 1970s? He was all over that because everything I said was magic to his ears. I sent him the script and an outline of the story and said, Just have fun, dude. Brendan wrote the music and lyrics in about three hours, recorded all the instruments, and then he and his partner, Gina, put vocals on it, and wow. This song is so awesome and so personal. I got to see Alice Loves Alien perform this live in early December, and it was surreal to see it actually kind of unfolding in front of me. So my number four song of 2023 is Alice Loves Alien. This is From the Sea. Yeah. 
struck as broad brook is being torn down aquatic games abound that run amok but the pages I read inspire thoughts to construct whoa www.alicelovesalien.com and on the socials it's Alice Loves Alien. You can also subscribe to their music on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your music. I also want to thank B&G for letting me introduce them at a recent concert. It was a real thrill to do that. And don't forget, pick up their debut CD and the live EP, Beyond Live. You can get them at the website. Music from a Dimension Unknown. Stick around, folks, when we come back. Part one of my two-part interview with Rick Emmett. It's gonna be good. Witch hunts aren't about hunting witches they never were. Anyone who knows me has accepted the fact that comic books are an important part of my life. I've been reading and absorbing the comic book culture since 1974, and I look at the 70s and early 1980s as a great time for comic book fans. Back then, there was so much variety, style, and quality in not only the art and story, but in the overall production. There is one comic company that holds true to those principles, delivering quality comics, books, and trade collections. Monarch Comics has been delivering action, suspense, and humor since 2007. Monarch Comics lineup includes the award-winning and wicked funny saga of Evil Monkey Man and their flagship title, Witch Hunter. This book has received rave reviews from everyone, including Herkus and comic legend Jim Shooter, who said, Monarch Comics won't let you down. Not only does Monarch have comics, but they also have a line of books, Monarch Books. The latest from Monarch Books is Black Sabbath, The Vinyl Testament. You can find everything you need to know by going to www.monarchcomics.com. On Facebook, it's Monarch Comics. Just look for Witch Hunter. Monarch Comics and books are available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and comic book stores worldwide. And now we take a slight pause from the countdown for part one of my two-part interview with Rick Emmett. In 1976, Rick Emmett, along with Gil Moore and Mike Levine, released their debut album. And for the next decade plus a year, the band released nine studio albums and one live one before Rick decided that he had enough. 
Rick went solo, releasing his debut album in 1990, which we will talk about. And just a month or so ago, Rick released his story, an autobiography called Lay It on the Line. I want to say right now that Rick was an awesome guy to talk to, very funny, cordial, and enjoyed our time together. Rick, what I love about doing interviews like this with the musicians who make the music of my life and the soundtrack that I lived is that I sometimes get to thank them for something. And for you, this is really a huge one for me, so I hope you're ready for this. I'm ready. Hit me. All right. So April of 1990, I was 21 years old. You just released your first solo album, Absolutely. And I got it on the Friday that it was released. And at this time in my life... I had just failed at my third attempt to stay clean and sober, and I picked up the CD, was listening to it on the way home, really just miserable at where my life was, until I heard the song When a Heart Breaks. And as I listened, I began to just cry, kind of like I'm feeling right now, because for the first time in about five years of my life, I actually started to feel emotions, even though it was sadness, loss, anger, some of the bad stuff, it was really the first time that... I was feeling things, and a few days later, on April 15th, I stopped drinking, and here I am 33 years later, still sober, and I want to thank you so much, because there isn't a day that I don't think about that moment, think about you, and think about how important that song is to me, so thank you so much. Wow, wow, uh, I, I need to thank you, you know, I'm, I'm putting up the giant reflector dish, and I'm bouncing it back at you, because it's it's so gratifying for me to have written the memoir and then be doing these interviews and to get this kind of feedback directly from folks is just, it's so wonderful that, you know, when I was a kid sitting writing songs and thinking, okay, you know, maybe someday I'm going to be able to reach people right where they live. I'm going to be able to touch them right where they feel things and, and, and know things. And wouldn't that be great? And so, you know, here I am in the 70th year of life and my memoirs come out, and now people are coming back to me and saying, look, you know, your your songs mattered so much to me. The, the soundtrack of my life was the stuff that you decided needed to go into triumph songs or songs you... I, this is fantastic because you're talking about a song that came after triumph. <laughs> you know, a lot of the stuff I'm doing lately, it's because, I mean, you know, triumph is a word on the cover of the book, and it's entitled Lay It on the Line, which is a triumph song. It was only one chapter of my life, not even the main one, you know, but obviously it's the one that most folks relate to, or at least, you know, got Rick Emmett, who's that? Oh, the guy from Triumph. Oh, okay, you know, but to, so for a song to have been from outside the, the Triumph Evergreen stuff, I go, oh, that's so great. Now, do you want me to tell you a little something about Heartbreaks? Please do. Okay, so... When I was writing that song, I kind of think of these as laundry list songs. I I was working on the lyric first, and I was just coming up with ideas, and I go, okay, I, I had this line, that's the sound that a heart makes when a heart breaks. I'm going, okay, well, that's a natural chorus, but what would that sound be? You know, so make a list of the sounds that would be the sounds of what, what would make a heart break. And I'm, the first one I thought of was, oh, a flag fluttering at half-mast. Mm. And I was thinking, yeah, that's that's an image 
that for sure would be that kind of thing. So not necessarily a great image to, to have to carry a lyric all the way through a song. Then when I stumbled on the idea of a ring slipping off a finger, I went, oh, I think I've got something here because now I can tie it into the idea of somebody's commitment to something, somebody's idea of, of their best part of themselves and losing the best part of yourself and how you would grieve that, you know, like that if your marriage goes bad, you're going to feel uh, obviously bad about the fact that you've let somebody else down, but you've also let yourself down, right? And that's one of the, so that ties back to what you, I think, were maybe emotionally understanding from a lyric where I'm talking about the ring is slipping off his fingers and slipping through his hands. Like that something that you possess about the, the positive things, the virtuous side of yourself, you know, then you have to face the side of yourself that's not so virtuous. And that's a real grieving kind of moment, right? Mm. So, yeah, I, I, I'm i glad that you connected to that. And I'm glad it helped you find the better part of yourself, you know? I mean, that's why I keep doing what I do, you know, writing music and writing songs and writing memoirs and doing interviews. And <laughs> yeah, if, if, if I didn't have that song, I wouldn't have what I have now, which is two beautiful daughters, a wife of 30 years, the home we're at, the life we have. Everything really, to me, started at that moment. And it's funny because it's a sad song. It's a very depressing song, but it brought up the emotions that I needed to deal with. And uh, I, wow, I just, I'm so thankful that I finally get to tell you about it. Well, uh, thank you. And thank you for sharing that. And I, I would love to take credit, but <laughs> I'm going to tell you, you know, it, it's really you. It's, it, you know, I'm just a kind of a catalyst thing. And there's... It could come from anything, anywhere, you know, depending. I think it's just you're looking for it. And eventually, if you're made of the right stuff, you are going to find it. it. You know, it might be me. It might be, you know, who knows, a sports hero or some other musician or a poet, you know, something you read in a book, you know. It's going to come from somewhere because that's in you. And they're just that's going to help you discover it, uncover it you know, uh, work it up into intellect. And when you write a memoir, I think that's also part of the chemistry of what's going on, that I want to write the book, and in a way I'm trying to find myself, my way to my own virtues and say, this is what I think life is all about and what makes life precious and good and valuable. And, you know, here's the mistakes I made. <laughs> you know, mm. don't make these mistakes. You know, don't, don't let this start to overrule now, I, I didn't have alcohol addiction, I, and I saw it. My, my older brother was an alcoholic, and he must have done the 12 steps, I don't know, four times in his life kind of thing. Like, he had, he had a tough life, you know. Never had to see drug addiction uh, up close, but uh, I, I did see, obviously, when you're a rock star, you're traveling in circles where you can see the damage that drugs is doing and, and has done. So... You know, it wasn't too far away to be able to witness it. But I, and I was spared all that stuff because, you know, I mean, one in one way you can look at it and go, well, bit of a chicken shit. <laughs> you know, like a, a guy that was, because it's in truth, you know, when I got to a certain point with drugs or drinking or whatever, I would go, yeah, I don't like the feeling of not being in control of my body. You know, I, th I really think, and, and I would think, if, what I really love in life I love playing guitar. I love singing. I love I love writing music. I need a clear head to do it. I can't do it when I'm, 
you know, under the influence of something else, that only detracts from that, that kind of clear, articulate place I want to be to be creative. And that was the biggest thing of all. And that writing the memoir really helped me clarify that, that I was happiest when I could be creative. And as soon as the creativity was getting taken off the table by anything, it didn't matter, by my partners in a rock band or or by the fact that somebody's coming up with wheelbarrows full of cash and going, hey, here's money. And you go, well, hang on. I, I don't think money is the answer <laughs> to what I want. What I want is to have some creative freedom to be able to do what I want to do. And it may not make a lot of money, but I don't care. <laughs> what, I, what I really care about is, is, is just having the creative freedom. So I, I think that's kind of, it became self-evident to me in the writing of the book, you know, and, and now I can do interviews and go, yeah, that's what it's about. <laughs> but when I started out, I don't, I don't know what it's going to be about. I, I'm going to have to write it before I find out. I'm a writer as well, and I know writing anything is an emotional process, no matter what your subject is. And was there anything in this book that was hard for you to revisit or anything that made you think, wow, I, I never really dealt with that? Certainly, um, the, my shortcomings when it, about time. That was a big one that I realized that, you know, uh, my career ambitions at a certain part of my life had shortchanged my wife, my kids, you know, that they deserved more of my time and my focus and my energy. And I had, I don't know, you know, been in a hotel room in San Diego <laughs> when it, I should have been at a parent teacher meeting or, you know, uh, been with my wife on our anniversary instead of being on the road. All, you know, those kinds of things. And you can't go back and you, you, you don't get do-overs about moments in time. You have that one kick at the can and then it's gone. The can is gone, the kick is gone. It's, it's, it's too late, you know. So that you get that. When you write a memoir, you start to realize that, you know, that I could have been a better son to my mom when she was getting really sick and dying of cancer. But, you know, I had four kids at home and I, I was still trying to keep my career going and, you know, I'm thinking, well, my dad's there, you know, but still, it's a, it's a regret. Now, you write a memoir, I think it's really important that you don't live in the regret inside the book. Like, that can't be what you focus on. I, I felt like, no, and I mean, I did this creatively all my life, you know. I could have written songs about being in a rock band and, and they would have been about partying until, you know, you, <laughs> you're obliterated, you know, uh, celebrating the moment and who cares about all the rest. And I would go, no, that's, that's not really, you know, what I want to write songs about. It's not what I want to leave people with the, the idea of, you know. So um, the same thing's going to happen when I write a memoir. You know, I'm not going to focus in on the bad stuff. I'm going to mention it. I'm, I'm gonna, it's going to be in there. But I don't want to dwell on it. I, I wanted to, you know, state it, move on, you know, and, and move on to something that would be inspirational or motivational or, or, you know, just something that had a little bit more meat on the bone than just going, eh, this happened. Wasn't that titillating? Or <laughs> read, read this. Isn't this a, a, a car accident? You, you can't avert your eyes from this one. What a, what a horror show. You know, well... Yeah, I didn't want my memoir to be that kind of thing. One of the things I took away from the book is the relationship that you had with Mike Levine and Gil Moore over the years. You guys seem to be less of a gang 
if I can use that word, and more of a business with everybody having a part in the process. And is that how you felt all along, or did that just kind of grow over the years? No, I, I think it was right there from the get-go. And, 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 I, and I think, obviously, it did define itself over time, you know, much more. But, I mean, it was there right from the start. They were the smartest musicians I'd ever met. And they did have these skill sets that were separated them from each other. McGill had these kinds of general management, money, uh, accounting, bookkeeping, dealing with booking agents, dealing with stage production. Like, he had a wealth of knowledge in those ballparks. And Mike was this, you know, promotion marketing kind of guy. He understood, and he'd had record industry kinds of experiences in the in the recording studio that Gil and I hadn't we hadn't had that at all so for him to be the producer of the first albums it only made sense he was the one that sort of understood yeah yeah this is what you're doing and you know I mean I look at it now and it's all logical to me the idea of pre-production and production and mixing and mastering going in those four stages and that's how you get through a record like I knew nothing of that you know I had no awareness and Mike was the guy that kind of you know, and I, I, I was a quick learner. It didn't take me long to sort of start picking up these things until you get to the point where you're five or six years in and I'm going, okay, I would like to change things now and switch them around and have them reflect more of my image, you know, more of my taste and stuff. And I would like to take some of the burden of these responsibilities away from you and I would like to have them myself. And then guys are going, well, hang on, that's my turf, buddy. Don't, <laughs> you know, don't start trying to, step on my toes here you know like hey and you know that's a natural thing that's going to happen in any band uh where as you get older and you know people are married and they're having kids and and then you know hey uh, miraculously we've got money There's, so now power is one of the things that's on the table with all of the money who's going to have the power over the money and so you know that's going to become an issue between equal partners now when we started the, the ethos of the band was three musketeers, you know, all for one, one for all. And, and as soon as, uh, I shouldn't say as soon as, but by the time we got, you know, 10 years into the band, you know, nine, 10 years in the band, I was going, Whoa, I, I'm not sure that they're seeing this three musketeers thing the way that I'm seeing it. And I think that is also just, that's life. You know, that's the way things go. So, but, just as if creativity is taken off the table, I'm no longer happy. If the balance of power within Three Musketeers has kind of left the building, then I'm going, okay, well, I'm leaving the building too. <laughs> I'm, I'm following Elvis out the tour.
but I also want to thank Kathy Wagner from Panzeiler for sending this all up and always being not just an advocate for the music and a supporter of my show, but a really good friend. For more information on Rick, you can go to rickemmett.com. And if you're looking for Rick's music, you can go to the store and buy some albums and songs, including the track that you just heard, When a Heart Breaks. Before we get to the number three song, I want to once again thank Rick Emmett for the time and Kathy Wagner for setting that one all up. That was a lot of fun. And don't forget, part two is going to be in the next episode of The Radio Eclectic. For song number three, I needed to thank someone and I forgot who it was. But one of you said, Matt, man, did you hear the new album from the band Nitrate? I was given a copy of the new album from Frontiers to review called Feel the Heat. But for some reason, and this happens a lot, unfortunately, it got lost in the shuffle. Somebody out there told me I needed to give it a listen, and I did. And I'm so glad that I did. Nitrate has that real feel-good sound like Foreigner, Survivor, songs that make you think to a late 1980s summer night. A song that you listen to once and it just gets in your blood. Feel the Heat is the band's fourth album and is full of music that just makes you feel good when you listen to it. I love this album so much that I went out and got Real World and Renegade. I still need to get open wide. I don't like to do things out of order, so I've got to find that one. From Nitrate, brought to us by Frontiers SRL, this is All The Right Moves.
Nick Hogg on bass, Alexander Strandall on lead vocals, Tom Martin guitars, James Martin keyboards, Alex Cooper on drums, and Richard Jocks on guitar. On Facebook and Instagram, it is Nitrate Official. I'm telling you folks, this album is top five for 2023 for me, guaranteed. Where it is? No, you're just going to have to wait till next month's show. Hi, this is Nick from the band Nitrate. I'd like to thank Matt Man for picking our song, All the Right Moves, off our new album, Feel the Heat as his third favorite song of the year. When I think of some of the best comic and pop culture shows happening in Massachusetts, I think of the amazing times I continue to have at a Gary Summer show. Back in the day, it used to be an adventure that may or may not have included an alligator, and today, it's still an adventure. If you like comics, Northeast Comic Con and Collectibles Extravaganza is exactly what you need. If you like music, then Music Con is exactly what you want. They also have the High Life Celebration and the Wizard Fest Magic Convention. So don't worry, Gary's got all your bases covered. Not only are the shows put on by Gary, but at every single event, you can say hi to the king of pop culture himself. And to make it real easy, these shows happen at the Boxborough Regency Hotel in Boxborough, Mass. So between the show, a concert, karaoke, your room, awesome dining, why do you need to go anywhere else? On the web, NEComicCons.com, and on Facebook, Northeast Comic Con and Collectibles Extravaganza. And if you didn't already know this, Gary's also written a sci-fi rock opera called Beasties. That, like any great rock opera, has an original studio cast recording. For CD and book information, go to BeastiesRockOpera.com, and I hope to see you at a show real soon. Aloha! Hey there, this is Corey Lennox from Surreal, and right now I want you to get ready for the second best song of 2023, according to the Matt Man. And by the way, before we get into it, I just want to mention really quickly how cool it is to be on the same episode as Rick from Triumph. He's an amazing musician, obviously a world-class vocalist. And Rick, if I can talk to you for just a second here, back when I was in high school and I first discovered Magic Power, I was blown away. I was like, listen to these vocals, the guitars, the drums, everything was firing on full force. So you guys gained a fan right there. That was an awesome experience discovering you guys. And uh, yeah, just wanted to give you a shout out there. So without further ado, let's go on to Matt's number two song pick. Before we get to song number two, I want to say hi to a friend of mine who I haven't seen in a long time, Suzette. Suzette and I worked together at UPS for a little bit. She was always one of my favorite folks to talk to. And currently, she is living the life in New York City. She works with her brother who owns Joey Bat's Cafe. They've got two locations in the city, one in Chelsea Market, the other in the East Village. And every time she posts delicious-looking pictures, it makes me miss the city so much. They've got a bar. They show soccer matches, cafe, comedy club. They also have live music. You can find out more by going to joeybatscafe.com, bringing Portuguese sweets to the U.S. Mail order is available. Okay, now I'm really hungry. But first, our number two song is from a band I discovered on Facebook because they put an ad up for free music that was progressive and their influences they listed like Marillion, Rush, Dream Theater, Yes, How Could I Say No? The sampler was so good that I went online, bought the bundle, and yesterday as I'm recording this, I just got my copy of their latest CD called Prismatic Spectrum. Surreal went from an obsession to a no-lie favorite band of mine. This is the song that pulled me in and hasn't let go yet. This is Surreal with a number two song and Orion.
www.surrealband.com for more information. And please pick up the new album, Prismatic Spectrum. To me, it has that same epic feel as Styx's Paradise Theater. If you love good music, if you love great music, if you love awesome music, you are absolutely going to fall for this album. Friends, if you're anything like me, you like your food, like your music, with a little bit of volume. For most of my life, I suffered from bad sinuses that dulled my taste buds. I really couldn't taste anything. But when I got my sinuses fixed about 20 years ago, I developed a love of hot sauces. And a few years ago, I discovered an amazing set of sauces from a very unlikely source. Ron Bumblefoot Thal is not only an amazing musician and a great guy, but his line of hot sauces are simply amazing. And they're also award-winning. There are three sauces to choose from. The sauce, which is a traditional flavorful hot sauce that gives you heat and a nice flavor. My favorite, Bumbalicious, is fruity, smoky, and it has a slight kick that I love on a nice chicken sandwich. It's Bumbalicious. And the third, dear Lord, this one's called Bumble Eft. Once you try it, you'll know what the F stands for. It is one of the hottest things I have ever eaten. It burns, and it burns bad. But it certainly adds the spicy to my sweet and spicy chili. You can go to www.unitedsauces.com and make your order. And again, let me recommend Bumblelicious for anything you want to give a kick to, the sauce for casual dining, and Bumble Eft for when you want to turn up the heat. But again, be warned, it is that hot. And of course, for all things Ron Fowl, you can go to bumblefoot.com. And here we are right now, my choice for number one song of 2023. But before we get to it, let me just pause and thank you all for another awesome year of listening to this show, The Radio Eclectic, and 53.5, the official Striper podcast. 2023 was an awesome year for new music, and for that, I must thank the record labels. Frontiers, AFM, Massacre, High Roller Records, Golden Robot, Eonin, Metal Blade, PFA Media, Silver Lining Music, SPV Gambit, and Kibble Records. Over the past few weeks, I just had a bunch of new labels reach out to me about playing their music, so the family is growing so much that I wish I could do a show a week. And I want to thank also the clubs, the promoters, the agents, the reps, and the artists for letting me be a part of their marketing plans and entrusting me with their music, because I know how much that means. So now it's time for my number one song of 2023, and it comes from a band that I never thought they would ever release new music again. In 2008, I got hooked on a TV series called Z-Rock. If you used to listen to my old show, Secret Identity Podcast, I used to talk about it every week. Now, the show was about a band by night and a kid's party band by day. I thought the premise was hysterical. The acting was amazing, and the shows were memorable still to this day. Well, I would find out years later that the premise of the show was the reality that the band ZO2 was living. They were a kids band by day and at night they were a rock band. Paulie Z and David Z were joined by drummer Joey Casada and the band released three amazing albums, Tuesdays and Thursdays, Ain't It Beautiful, and Casino Logic before calling it a day. Sadly, in 2017, we lost David in a horrible car accident while he was on tour with Adrenaline Mob in Florida. Fast forward to the present and ZO2 have signed with Kibble Records and released a career-spanning set called Begin Again. From this collection, the title track and my favorite song of 2023, this is ZO2 with Sean McNabb on bass and Begin Again. I'll be 
have it folks my top six songs of 2023 and again i want to thank you all for spending time with me i know that time is a precious commodity and please if you like the music that you've heard find out more see them live buy their physical music again my thanks to rick emmett for joining us in this episode be ready for the january show when we'll have part two of our chat and we're going to count down my top 10 favorite albums of 2023 i'm the matt man have yourself a good one till we rock again soon see you in 2024